everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly, where Dimitri goes... Explain slowly. Oh, that's very fast. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do it slower next. Today's topic is uh, the past few months you've been doing a lot of gardening. Uh-huh. And I wanted nothing to do with it because I... <laughs> Because I didn't want to take on another job, I guess. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. So, I guess, uh, tell me something you've learned from gardening. You never had any experience with it, so what have you learned? I've learned that plants are weird. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, let, let's, let's dig in a bit as far as how are plants weird? Well, plants are very particular about uh, what they want. If you give them too much about what they want, then they go ahead and make flowers and seeds, and then they cease being useful plants in terms of uh, us wanting to eat them. However, some plants change names when they start seeding, and for example, cilantro makes nice little leaves. As soon as it starts to make flowers and seeds, it's no longer cilantro, it's coriander. And that's the same plant I have learned since my cilantro plant made seeds um and uh it's been an interesting it's been an interesting uh experiment for me to really learn about how all these things work so for instance a lot of seeds are dependent on winter coming along before they go ahead and start doing anything right so i don't know so we had we got a bonsai kit last year and we simulated winter in the fridge and some seeds sprouted and we we're like hey cool um, so we've we've been keeping an eye on these, and since in LA we've had a mild winter, but that winter kind of just ended. Uh, there are more sprouts in that same little container that just started coming out. So those those seeds had two winters, I guess, um, and they were happy to kind of wait a little bit to, before coming out. Meanwhile, the ones that sprouted earlier, they had leaves. They dropped all those leaves as soon as our mediocre winter came along, and they were not two phased buy it because they're making new seeds right now so that was something cool i learned another cool thing i learned is that plants will often make flowers before they make leaves uh, for example trees you'll see them make big blooms and then after those blooms are done they'll start making leaves we planted a cherry blossom tree and we did not get any blooms and we immediately got leaves which tells me we're not going to get any blooms uh, because it already started making fresh leaves. Might not be a cherry blossom tree. We don't know. That is also a possibility. Uh, the leaves look like what we think they look like, but I guess we'll find out in a few more years um, if if it is real. If it is real. It's real. <laughs> it is a real tree. If it's a, <laughs> if it's a tree that we wanted to plant after we broke our backs uh, digging a big hole. Um, but what is something else? Uh, I've learned that strawberries uh, will make daughter vines and they'll make other strawberry plants. And that is actually no good if you want strawberry fruits. So if you want to have strawberry fruits on your strawberry plant, you need to make sure it does not make any daughter vines so that way it develops the roots more. If it has a chance to develop the roots more, it'll make healthy fruits the next year. So since I did not know that when we originally had our strawberry plant, I let it make lots of daughter vines. And I actually captured those daughter vines in little pots, which we then planted around our, our cherry blossom tree. And as soon as the winter ended, all of those little sprouts that were just like daughter vines, they actually developed very healthy roots 
and the leaves are very, very healthy as well. And as a result, each of those is growing about like four strawberries. So out of one little strawberry plant that made one strawberry last year, that made a bunch of vines that I then like very carefully uh, nurtured. And as soon as this winter ended, uh, we have a bunch of strawberries that are growing and they're like the fairly large strawberries that you typically find at the store, not little dinky ones or anything. Um, and we have a lot of them. So that was a pretty fun learning experience. So do you know if winter is necessary for a plant to grow, thrive? Because in California, we don't really have a winter. So I, I would have thought that it wasn't until I started planting a bunch of seeds. And I'm fairly convinced that certain types of plants, namely the ones that are not native to California, uh, require this this period of winter uh, to not necessarily thrive, but to germinate. So that seed, for it to be able to make a plant out of it, it needs that cycle of winter to wake it up in a way and to get it started. I think once the seed germinates, for the most part, it doesn't really care too much about a yearly cycle. And it's more or less caring about like the, the length of days rather than the cold itself. Um, because, for instance, in California and namely in L.A., it never quite gets cold enough for something like a frost to form. Mm -hmm. uh, so plants will never notice it get cold enough to go into full hibernation. However, the plant is going to notice that the days get shorter quicker uh, and that they start getting longer. Um, and that's when it will kind of like awaken and start making flower blooms or new leaves. And it does this so that way, it does it with all the other plants of the same species so it can make fruits and hopefully seeds for the next generation of plants. So it's all hooked up for a reason, right? So that's what I want to ask you when you were going on and on about that. <laughs> I forgot what you were saying. The strawberries. The strawberries. So do they real do plants feel temperature difference like how we feel it or how will they determine if it's winter or it's summer is it just based on the amount of sunlight they get what if they're you're in the shade all the time you know so i think it entirely depends like it's not how we perceive it so plants are very different creatures than we are but they are still creatures they're living things um and they are reactive to their environment so even if a plant is in the shade it still perceives daytime versus nighttime unless you have a lamp on it 24 7 so it will go into a cycle of day night day night even if it's in the shade because it's going to be much brighter in the shade during the day than it will be under moonlight at night right mm -hmm. so like the moonlight is not enough is not even close to the amount of light that you get in the shade during the day um just because of how bright the sun is so I think even if it's in the shade, a plant is still getting plenty of light reflected off of other things, um, and it's able to perceive that. But it might also perceive changes in temperature. Um, I've heard things about plants perceiving sound and movement around them. Like the, the um, roots, for instance, will chase the sound of running water. Uh, leaves will detect if they're being munched on, and they will signal to other plants that they are being attacked and they'll make the fruits taste bitter if they don't want that particular um, predator like eating their fruits. Uh, so plants are crafty and they do have defense mechanisms. They just don't behave in a way that we 
are accustomed to. And I think growing a lot of plants over the past year has kind of made that obvious um, in a way that I may have just read in the past, but I never actually like experienced myself. Uh, and that's been pretty cool to learn about. That's really interesting that they, where you say chase after running water. Yes. Yeah, like, so, how would they know? That's crazy. So they they hear it just like we hear it with a sound drum in our ears. So they have they, ears. Well, <laughs> they don't have ears, but they 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 know what the sound of water is. Which is so, that's they so might weird. not have learned it. It might just be programmed into them, but they are able to detect that, and they will be able to chase that if it means succeeding in in living. Right now, not every plant does this. Some plants do it. Some plants don't. But, like, we shouldn't just assume that plants are just no, there. No, I know, they, I know. They are things, uh, and they are fighting for survival, just like everything else. And I felt bad because, like, in our in our little garden, I I feel bad pulling out the weeds because the weeds are trying just as hard as everything else to survive, right? Yeah. And it's a creature like anything else. Uh, and by me pulling it out, it's ending its life. And that's but all by... there is to it. But by you not pulling them out, like, they are going to take up all the resources that yeah. your other plants need, though. Yeah, man, that, that's that's the reality of it. So, uh, oftentimes, I will let a weed kind of flourish a little in, in a sick version of kind of seeing what kind of plant it's going to be, and then pull it out because, ultimately, I care more about the strawberries than the weed that's growing next to them. That's just playing mean. I mean, like, you're letting it thrive, thinking that, oh, it can have a, a life here, and then all of a sudden you pluck it. <laughs> it, it is in a way, uh, which it's kind of pathetic to say this, but there are some weeds that I put in pots because I felt bad about, like, letting them thrive for so long only for them to kind of be ripped out of the area they got comfortable with. But, alas, morality aside... Uh, Planting has been quite eye-opening in terms of learning how things grow, watching things germinate in different ways, seeing how fast they'll go from a dried-out seed to a little sprout ready to kind of start making a plant out of itself. Why does it need to be a dried-out seed? You would think that if it needs to survive, it needs to be like a, a, an, a live seed. So I think drying out seeds, one, is a method of preserving them so that way you can keep them longer than, like, immediately as as soon as the fruit, uh, like, um, rots away, then the seed is, like, planted. Uh, I think having a seed dry out may, for some plants, kind of indicate that the cycle should start anew, meaning it sat there in the summer, it got dry, and then as soon as winter and spring came that seed can start to germinate. That might be part of some plant's process. But from our point of view, it's a way of saving the seed long-term such that we can skip a year before planting it, for instance. Okay. So I... letting it survive. So every seed is alive, basically, until it's not. Um, and if you dry a seed rather than cook it, then you keep that seed alive for as long as possible. But that, that doesn't make sense. By you drying it out, isn't that... A chance of killing what's what was there? Yeah, so it depends how you dry it, I would assume. If you dry it at room temperature or slightly above room temperature, it doesn't cook the seed. It just removes all the water from it such that the seed will remain dormant until 
you soak it and eventually like collects enough water to sprout um, or to rehydrate itself. Meanwhile, if you cook a seed, then you're not only drawing out all the water, but you're breaking down the proteins that make it up. Why are you cooking the seed? As as like a next level drying. So if you dry it too much, for instance. Okay. So you want to dry just enough where the water gets pulled out of it, but you don't break down the protein structure that makes it up. Because ultimately that seed, though those that seed splits in half and becomes the two first petals uh, for for the plant. And it needs to be able to, like, have just enough energy to start growing real leaves, leaves um, and collect uh, sunlight to process and turn into energy. So it, ha- it has just enough to do just the bare minimum. Uh, and after that, it's down to, down to enough sunlight and water and the whole process to kind of make leaves and then eventually uh, branches and finally fruit if it's a fruiting tree or a fruiting plant which makes more seeds okay (laughs) (laughs) so then what are some of your favorite uh i guess fruits plants seeds to grow so i i would say the my most favorite things that i've grown are the ones that have been most interesting to watch uh, for instance, we have some Japanese spring onions, which if you know what a spring onion looks like, imagine one with twice the diameter. Uh, and instead of eating them, I planted them. And I've been waiting patiently for those onions to flower so that way I can get seeds and make a ton of them so I can finally eat their their juicy stalks. <laughs> because that's that's the, the white part of the onion is the part that I like the most. Um, now, a spring onion... I've learned that it will have three leaves at a time. So as soon as the third leaf makes enough room to start growing a fourth, the oldest leaf will kind of wilt and dry out. And that leaf will become one of the layers of the onion. And it repeats this over and over and over again, building out more and more layers from the center. So the center kind of expands out and it makes more and more layers uh, for the onion. Um, I don't know if it expands out. I think it builds on itself. Um, and every layer is kind of like on the outside of the previous one. So you're saying a spring onion will eventually turn into a bulb onion if you just leave it? Some of them do. Some of them don't. So some of them don't store enough energy to make an actual bulb underneath and they remain a stock. But that stock is quite large. So instead of having a bulb, which is like a roundish object you have a long cylinder um and that's the same thing but you still have layers to spring onions and i think it's probably the same same process that makes those layers Mm. so in any case i've been waiting for it to flower and for it to flower it needs to grow a special type of um leaf which has a bulb at the tip of it that when it gets tall enough will eventually go ahead and flower and we can put a picture of this in the show notes or in the chapter art um but I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for for my two spring onions to flower, and finally they flowered. So now I'm waiting for them to make seeds, and then we can plant them. So that was that was a cool one. Uh, another cool one uh, that I've been uh, keeping an eye on are our bell peppers. So we had a bunch of bell peppers that we ate at home, and we we're like, hey, why don't we try uh, growing these? So we collected the seeds and we planted them, and we've been waiting 
but almost all of the seeds that we planted they germinated and they've slowly been making little leaves now so we months later we're finally at the point where it's made leaves um or a few of them have made leaves a lot of them got eaten by something i don't know uh it's his life you plant stuff it will get eaten by something um but yeah i th i would say those two have been quite fun to watch cool what are some plants that you want to plant i'm not sure at this point because i we've planted quite like our, my laundry list of herbs already um some of them are still little seedlings um but they're getting there uh we've gotten the various fruit trees that we're interested in like this different citrus kumquat orange lemon lime uh i really want uh an almond tree because i love green almonds if you didn't know almonds are not a dry nut uh normally they are uh encased in a fleshy green kind of shell and if you rip that shell off uh on the inside you have a uh a soft white almond that is actually full of water um and it's kind of the opposite of what you think of when you think of like a dried nut it was like gelatinous in a way at yeah. certain stages yeah so it depends when you pick it uh but you can eat it in all sorts of different stages whether it's like completely gelatinous and it's transparent mm -hmm. or uh it's a s white and soft or it's white and hard so you have these different stages uh, but green almonds are much tastier than uh, like a, a dried out almond because a dried out almond is basically wait for all the green almonds to kind of mature. The green flesh will kind of dry out. And then on the inside, you'll have uh, a hard almond that you can then make flour and stuff out of. So it is useful. Um, but if you have a chance to enjoy a fresh almond, wait until they're at the peak maturity, which is usually around June. Uh, and then if you pick those, you don't eat the green part, you can, um, but you don't eat the green part. But once you get on the inside, there's a soft white almond. If you can find raw almonds, you can kind of simulate this by uh, buying those raw almonds and then letting them soak in water uh, overnight in the fridge. Uh, and they will get close to this, but it's not quite the same. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting an almond tree one day mm. because buying green almonds is expensive. I think currently in our in your calendar there is uh there's a a note that says almonds are at its first stage right now I think yeah so that you can buy so I love green almonds so much that I put reminders in my calendar to remind me every year uh to put in an order for five pounds or something of it most of that is the shell unfortunately like that green yeah. flesh um and it's not super tasty uh but the almonds inside are are to die for. Uh, especially once if you've grown up with it or something like that. So from a pure nostalgic point of view, uh, I look forward to that every year. Uh, and because I'm super forgetful, I have it all over my calendar to remind me because it's only like a two-week window. Uh, once that two-week window is done, that stage is no longer available because they take all the remaining almonds and they uh, go and process them for the almonds that you eat year-round. Like they only come out one time a year, so... It's just a chance of waiting for them to become available. Hmm. Didn't you want a yuzu tree? I do want a yuzu tree. So yuzu is a Japanese citrus, mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like it looks like a lemon. It does not taste like a lemon, um, and it's used in tons of Japanese cuisine. 
uh, and it's also used to make kind of like a lemonade uh, type of drink, uh, which becomes yuzu soda, which I really like. Mm. Uh, so if you make it carbonated, then it becomes that. Um, it's also used to make spicy food, like spicy uh, pastes to put on food. Um, it has a nice zest to it, so it's it's quite versatile. Um, and I didn't know this, but tons of citrus actually originate, uh, like citrus that we know today, originate in Japan. Uh, and they were brought over from China. So like things like kumquat and stuff like that were cultivated primarily in Japan and then brought worldwide. Same for like tons of fruit, actually. And I didn't know this at all until I looked into it. But there's tons of Japanese citrus varieties that we just don't have over here. We have lemon, lime. Uh, sometimes we get fancy and we have key limes, but there's not much um, outside of uh, that for the sour ones. And then oranges and tangerines and mandarins for um, the sweet ones. But there's quite a lot of citrus varieties out there. And that's that was quite interesting to learn about. So I invite you anytime, my lovely wife, to to uh, peruse our our garden, or as we call the jardin, the jardin, um, and as I take care of it, uh, and hopefully I'll have a lot of fruits. We have lots of strawberries. I'm looking forward to. No clue how they taste. We will find out. Uh, but we have lots of them, uh, and it's it's exciting. It's it's fun watching something that you've been caring for grow, uh, and I've, I've been watching them so intently. I've been taking pictures every day. Uh, hoping to make an eventual time lapse um, of of a full of a full year and a full cycle to see see what it looks like, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really into gardening, but I really do for- look forward to eating all those fruits when they <laughs> come out, which will probably be quite a while since we are all starting from fresh from mm-hmm. scratch. I mean, most of them are coming from seeds. So it'll be quite out some time before we actually have fruits. <laughs> yeah, so we have we have over a dozen strawberries to look forward to. Like, they're nearly there. Uh, there's one that's bright red that I can see, like, every day as I'm looking. Uh, we have some mandarins to look forward to. Uh, we have a grapevine that is getting there little by little. Probably in a few years we'll have something on there. Uh, and yeah, it's fun. Well, that sounds fun. Sounds like you're having a good time. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely it's definitely become my hobby uh, to take care of it, and I look forward to to seeing it every single day. So that's that's the best part about it, right? Yeah. Well, that's it for today. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll explain it slowly next time. Bye.